If you would, take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 17, or if you got your uh, church app, you can open it up to the Scriptures today, Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to begin in verse 14 as the choir comes down, dig into your Scriptures there, Matthew chapter 17, in verses 14 through 21. Today will be the uh, last message in the series that I've been preaching on about what if... And this morning, we're going to look at the subject, what if I really have faith? What if I really have faith? How many of you have ever heard of the man named Charles Blondin? Anybody ever heard of him? How about, uh, that was his kind of a stage name or a name for uh, the things that he did in the circus and private or professional ministry, but uh, our professional work. He's also, his birth name was Jean Francois Gravelet. Anybody know that name? It's probably because maybe he's too old. He was born in the 1800s. But uh, maybe you don't know his name. But maybe you know a little bit about his story. Charles Blondin was the man that in, I think it was in 1859, had a top rope uh, put across the Niagara Falls from the United States side to Canada, about a quarter mile length. Had it put about 160 feet up in the air above the falls above the waterline, and he walked across from the United States to Canada and back across that tightrope. And it was considered a phenomenal feat. It amazed people on both sides as he would go from the United States to Canada and Canada to the United States. He did it over a period of time of different ways, but some of you may have heard the time when he had walked across and then he came back across with a wheelbarrow. And everybody was amazed as he came over pushing a wheelbarrow across this tightrope, 160 feet above the Niagara Falls. As he came across with the wheelbarrow that time and he stopped, he said, how many of you people believe that I can push a person in this wheelbarrow across the Niagara Falls? And most everybody was going, yeah, 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 you can do it. And he said, all right, which one of you will get in the wheelbarrow? Of which no one volunteered. So everybody believed he could do it. They just weren't willing to put their faith in him doing it with them. As I, someone knew that I was preaching about faith, they asked me the question, is faith and trust really the same thing? And in everyday life, you might could say trust and faith for people just in general in the world. Trust and faith means to have belief, to have confidence Just like the crowd, when they said, yeah, yeah, you can push that wheelbarrow with somebody in it, they had, yeah, we we trust you can, we believe you can, we have confidence you can. That's trust. But faith for the Christian walk is a whole different aspect because faith for the Christian life is our whole belief system. It's the foundation of who we are and what decisions we make and how we live our lives. We have trust, our confidence in God, but our faith is not only our trust and our confidence, but it's based the substance of which we make all our decisions. If God had said, do you believe I can push this wheelbarrow across it? A faith system would say, yes, we believe you can. And if the question was asked, do you believe I can push this wheelbarrow with the person in it? Faith would say, yes. And if God said, do you believe it enough to get in the wheelbarrow, a faith system would say, yes, me first. I want to go first, God. That's the difference for the Christian life of faith as what I'm talking about. What if I really have 
faith, that type of faith. So we look at Matthew chapter 17 this morning and look at verses 14 through 21. We'll see where the question was addressed about faith and belief and where the Lord's disciples were. I'm reading this out of the New King James and it says this. And when they had come to the multitude, that's Jesus and the disciples, a man came to Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now I want to pause there before we look at verse 17, because this kind of reminds us about life for you and I. As Christians, we have a faith system, a trust, a confidence, a belief in God. It's the substance for which we make all our decisions in life. It's our foundation for living our life out. But in life, just like this man who had a son who had these epileptic seizures that had a need in his life and he was crying out for God's mercy, we find ourselves in that same situation in life as Christians. We have a faith we have a belief system, we have a confidence, we have a trust in God. But there are times in our life we have needs. We have prayer requests. There are times in our life we need something miraculous to happen in our lives, just like this man did. He was crying out for mercy. He needed a miracle for his son who was having these epileptic seizures. And so he said, Lord, would you have mercy on me? I brought him to your disciples. I brought him to those other folks who say they are Christians, who are followers of yours, who say they have faith, they have a belief system. I brought him to, brought him to them, but they didn't cure him. So verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Not exactly the words, if you're standing there with Jesus as a disciple, not exactly the words you want to hear out of Jesus' mouth when he just heard a man say, I brought my son to your disciples, those followers of yours, those who have this faith system in you. They didn't do him any good. And then hear Jesus say, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you and how long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. So the moment that Jesus spoke... The demon was cast out and he was healed, no longer suffering from epileptic seizures. Verse 19 says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Now that's not surprising, is it? They're already embarrassed that this man has said in front of everybody, I brought my son to your disciples that have a faith system in you, but they didn't do him any good. They couldn't cure him. So they don't want to speak out to Jesus and say, Excuse me, teacher, master, uh, how come we couldn't do that? All eyes on us. Now they come privately to Jesus and they say, Master, teacher, uh, uh, why couldn't we cast that demon out like you did? In verse 20, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Now we done heard Jesus say, faithless. We've heard him say, perverse generation. So he's talking to the folks there and he's addressing that. Obviously there's an issue of faith. There's an obvious issue of perversion. There's some sin issues going on, and he says unbelief. And he says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith. So here's Jesus saying, if you really have faith, what is the difference in what Jesus is addressing as, if you really have faith, 
versus what they thought was faith. You know, I told you that I answered the question for the person who asked, isn't faith and trust kind of the same thing? To some people it would be. It just means I have confidence. But for the Christian, trust means I got confidence. Faith is where, oh, you're talking about my belief system. My God, my Creator, the reason and substance of which I make my decisions for my life, the way I live my life. That's my faith. And now Jesus is saying, if, if you have that type of faith, as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Now, some translations do not have this verse 21 in it. It jumps to verse 22, and that's because some of the older manuscripts that they had found over a period of time didn't have that verse in it. Some of them that were other manuscripts they'd had for a while did. But in the New King James, it puts it in there, and I think it's a powerful part to have in the Scriptures. And it says, however, this kind, just saying this type of miraculous need, this type of force that we're standing against of good and evil, God and demon, he said this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now the central substance, matter of fact, many of you in your kind of italics before that in verse 14 may have something about faith, instruction about faith, guidance about faith, but it's addressing a central issue through those scriptures and that is faith. What if I really have faith? What if I really have faith? I want to give you three things that I see that would be true from these scriptures if we really have faith. Not just faith of confidence, trust, but if we have that complete faith system in our life, that we not only believe there is a God, but we believe in that God. You see, the disciples sometimes are like us. We treat faith and belief as something's going to happen instead of a faith and a belief in the one who makes it happen. Does that make sense? Just dwell on that a little bit. Let it soak in. There is faith and belief that something is going to happen or could happen or will happen or might happen. It's an, something that's going to occur. But that's different than when you have faith or belief, trust, confidence in the one who makes it happen. You and I as Christians, we don't just have faith or trust or confidence that something is going to happen, but we have a total faith system in the one, our Lord, who makes it happen. So what if I really have that type of faith? A faith in the one who makes it happen, my complete belief system. If you have your app open, you'll see that the first thing, if I really have faith is, I would believe that God works through me. If I really have a complete belief system, a confidence not only in there is a God, but He is my Lord and Savior and I have a relationship with Him. He loves me and I'm walking with Him in a daily relationship. I'm basing my life decisions upon this God, this faith system I have. If I have that real type of faith, I would believe that God works through me. You see, what did the disciples do? They went to Jesus and they said, why couldn't we do it? What were they asking? They were asking the question, why aren't you working through me? Why isn't God, why isn't their power working through me? And if we really have a real faith in God, a real faith system, then we do believe that God works through us. I want to read you a verse in Hebrews eleven six. 6, okay? Hebrews 11 talks about faith. The whole chapter is just engulfed 
in examples and things of truth for us about faith. And it tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, but with the evidence of nothing seen. Meaning real faith is, I I know it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen even though there is no evidence. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that the Lord took nothing and made something out of it. I have seen people take things that were just a mess and make something beautiful out of it. I've seen people take a piece of junk and furniture and make a beautiful antique out of it by reconditioning it. But I've never seen somebody take nothing and make something beautiful out of it. And the Bible tells us that God took nothing and made you and I. He made this world. He spoke and brought it into existence. But in Hebrews eleven six 6 is where we kind of connect with God and it says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So obviously, we've got to have a total confidence, trust, and faith in Him. Just like Charles Blondin going across that tightrope. It would make him feel good if somebody said, hey, let me go in it. He would think, man, this is a lunatic. Or here's somebody who really believes, has total confidence in me. That's what God is looking for. So it says that without faith, without this total confidence in God, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God, meaning you and I who come to God, must believe that God is, that He is, that He exists, but that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So for you and I to have a complete belief system, it's not that just you and I believe there is a God. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, probably most anybody in here that's paying attention would raise their hand if I said, do you believe there is a God? Probably most people would. Maybe one or two might not, but most everybody would raise their hand. But do you believe that God knows that you have faith in Him to such a point He's going to reward you because you diligently seek Him? Not seek the outcome, but seek Him. See the difference? The Bible is letting us know, and when we have that real type of faith, then I do believe that God works through me because I know that God loves me and I know God exists and I know He knows that I believe in Him. I have confidence. I have trust in Him. I'm not looking to the outcome, but the one who makes it come out that way. That's the type of belief system. So if I have real faith, can you see here that faith as the Bible's talking about, it's not just confidence and trust. It's a complete of who we are and who we trust in. So if I have real faith, I would believe that God works through me. That's what those disciples needed to believe. That not that, and I think that those disciples, this is my personal opinion, okay? Everybody understands that. There's not necessarily a scripture back to get up. But those disciples might have been going down a path of look at me and what I can do. And it's not you and I and what we can do, it's what God does through us because of our relationship with Him. So if I really have faith, I would believe that God works through me because of who He is. But if I really have faith, I'd also, I would see God as bigger than my obstacle. If I have real faith in God, I would see God as bigger than my obstacle. And the problem that many people in their life is they see how big their obstacle, obstacle is and they can't see how big God is. You remember the Bible tells us about David going up against Goliath. And King Saul had given out 
basically a motivation to everybody because everybody was scared of Goliath. Nobody wanted to go fight him because all they could talk about was how big he was, how heavy his armor was, how mighty his spear was. All they could see was how big Goliath was. And as they looked into Goliath, they couldn't see God and how big God was. David and some of the other ones heard the motivation that came from Saul about if anyone would go fight against Goliath, that that person would get to marry his daughter, that would have great riches and never have to pay taxes again. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll take him down. A little bit of motivation, but also he saw not how big Goliath was, but how big his God was. Because David said, when he, might, when he went against Goliath, he said, my God has caused me to kill a bear and to kill a lion, and I'm sure my God can help me defeat this giant. And with one stone slung from one slingshot, hit the one place that Goliath was unarmored, and he went down like a rock. That's how big that David's God was. If we really have faith... I would see God as bigger than my obstacle. You see, in this illustration that the Lord had, He talked about that if we really have faith, that you could say to this mountain, be moved. Mountain is big, right? What was God doing there? He said, a mountain to you sounds like a big thing, but if your faith is in a bigger God that is bigger than the mountain, then the mountain is not that big a deal. I like that. That was pretty good. I'll go home and dwell on that. I wish I could say it again, but I messed it up if I tried again. If I really have faith, I would see God as bigger than my obstacle. The third thing I believe that would be true if we really have faith is we would not put boundaries on God. A lot of times we say, yes, God is great. God is awesome. God loves us. God works in our life. God provides for us. He guides us. But a lot of times we kind of put boundaries and limits around God of, well, you know, this is asking a lot. This is a big thing and we kind of lose focus. Matter of fact, the children of Israel, that was true about them so much that the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 78, 41. He said, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The expression that was used there in the original writing meant that they kind of put boundaries around God. That the children of Israel, as they wandered in the wilderness, over and over again, they put boundaries or limits or kind of, well, God can work within these boundaries, but if we get beyond that, it's bad news. If we really have faith, we would not put boundaries on God because God is limitless. There is no limits to God. There is no boundaries to Him. And so as I look at this, the Scriptures tell us that the Lord not only mentioned about this mountain, but He mentioned a mustard seed. Now I remember in school when the girls wore those little bitty mustard seeds in a clear glass as a necklace. It's a little bitty thing. And Jesus said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, then you can move this mountain. And so itty bitty, little bitty bitty faith. But the mustard seed started out the smallest, but in proportion to the seed size, it brought about produce that was the largest. 
What the Lord is saying is that faith may start out small, but it grows and multiplies as we understand who God is and put no boundaries upon Him. You see, if I really have faith, I would believe that God works through me, that God is bigger than my obstacles, and I would put no boundaries around my God. That is the faith that will make a difference. That's what Jesus was teaching those disciples through this story and this illustration of the mountain and the mustard seed. And you know, as I looked to the Scriptures, and I looked at a variety of different things relating to faith and God working in our lives, I want to give you just real quickly three things that I have found that hinder answers to prayers. Three things that hinder the answer of prayer that we're looking for for God to do a miracle in our life. And it's the lack of three things in our life. The first one is this, a lack of real faith in the Lord will hinder our prayers. We talk about what that real faith is, not just trust and confidence, not within certain boundaries, but we don't have that complete faith system. So when we have a lack of real faith in the Lord, that will hinder our prayers. But also a lack of a right fellowship with the Lord hinders our prayers. When you and I are not walking in a daily basis with the Lord, that will hinder our prayers. A right fellowship. A right fellowship means that I'm keeping myself clean and pure before the Lord. Not that you're perfect or any of us are perfect, but we're striving to live in accordance to His Word and what pleases Him. And that's the only way we can walk in a right fellowship with the Lord. When the Lord spoke through the Scriptures about fellowship in the right type of way, He used the word koinonia, and it meant an intimate fellowship. For us to have an intimate fellowship with the Lord, there has to be a walk that is pure before Him. We can't live with sin in our life and expect God to be working miracles in our life. We can't live where we're just repetitively going back into the same thing over and over and expect to have a great fellowship with the Lord. Just like with a husband and wife. You can't go out and fool around on your wife or on your husband and expect to have a good relationship, a good marriage. It just don't work. And so we got, when there's a lack of a right fellowship with the Lord, that hinders our prayers. But you notice in these scriptures, I told you that verse 21, that some translations had left that out. But the Lord said, without prayer and fasting. When there's a lack of regular fasting in our life, that can hinder our prayers. And this may be a shocker to some of you. But the Lord brought that up after He had just cast out that demon. Now, let me just get you to think about this. Do you think that the Lord had been praying and fasting prior to this occurring by Him to say that this type only comes out, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting? Or was the Lord saying, you know, you guys are praying and fasting. I don't need it, but you guys are too. Well, we could say that's true. It's God's Son. It's God in the flesh. So He wouldn't have to. But remember, when the Lord walked on this earth, He came only for the purpose of teaching and touching our lives to transform us. So everything that the Lord was trying to teach and to touch our lives, to transform us, He was practicing in His own life. And so when the Lord came before and He cast out this demon and then He tells them, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting, I feel pretty confident that the Lord had been spending some time in prayer and fasting. Matter of fact, we know that regularly the Bible tells us the Lord got away to pray away from everyone else. And by Him saying this, there must have been some prayer and fasting going on because the Lord lived His life out on this earth to teach 
and to touch our lives so that He might transform our lives. I have seen many people that when issues come up in their life where there's a need for a miracle, they'll try all kinds of different things. I've I've prayed. I've even had people come to me. What do you think about fasting? If I tried fasting, maybe that would work. Would God answer my prayer? And sometimes I kind of feel that that approach is good to do that. But that approach is kind of like this. If you have a vehicle that you're driving and that vehicle finally bites the dust, it conks out, and you need another vehicle, is that the time to start saving for a new vehicle? Cowboy says no. How about if you've been saving for quite a while, preparing for someday, that vehicle may conk out on you, and when it does, you're ready for it? Cowboy says that's a better idea. That's what regular prayer and fasting is. When we wait till we need something and we start praying and fasting, that's kind of like, okay, my car just conked out on me. I'm going to start saving for one. You're going to be without a vehicle for quite a while. But if you've been saving along the way and when that car conks out on you, then you're ready. You're prepared. Regular prayer and fasting is like that. When we're regular in our prayer, and when I say fasting, not like, you know, every other day or but I'm talking about it's part of your life of staying pure and holy and seeking to get closer and closer to the Lord. There's some type of regularity in your life with that. When there's a lack of that regularity, then it hinders your prayers. When that man came and said, Lord, I need mercy and I need this miracle in my life, Jesus was ready. Let me ask you this morning, do you have that type of faith that you're ready right now? I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What if I really have faith? If I really have faith, I would believe that God works through me because He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him and I'm seeking Him. I would see God as bigger than my obstacle obstacle, because there's nothing bigger than God. And I would not put boundaries on God because God is limitless. Do you have real faith? The Lord cast out that demon. He was ready. And He said it only comes by prayer and fasting. If someone needed you at this moment in their life, are you ready? Is there a lack of real faith? A lack of a right fellowship with God? A lack of regular fasting that would hinder you? You see, real faith is, I know who He is, and I believe not in the outcome, but the one who creates the outcome. That's real faith. Lord, I come to you this morning and I don't know what everybody is facing in their life, but God, I know that there is nothing that is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible. And Lord, I know that if for someone who's facing an issue in their life, Lord, today if they just put real faith in you, a complete belief system, not that there is a God. The Bible tells us the demons believe there's a God and they tremble. The difference is they don't have a complete faith system a complete belief, confidence, and living it out in every decision, every walk, and every way of their life. Lord, that's what you're looking for in us. That's what the disciples needed, to have a faith in a big God who has no boundaries and believing that He works through them. That's what we need today. Lord, if we need you in our life, the time to call upon you is not when we break down when we need a miracle, but to have already been calling upon you in a regular part of our life.
seeking to walk with you, prepared when those moments come. So Lord, if there's someone here today that maybe they're going through a challenge that's just caught them off guard, Lord, may today they say, you know, I haven't been prayed up, fasted up, but I'm starting today. I'm going to start believing that God is going to work through me. That my God is bigger than this obstacle I'm facing. That my God has no boundaries. There's nothing that is too difficult for God. And He rewards those who diligently seek Him and I'm going to seek Him with all my heart. Not only for this moment that I need, but every moment of my life. Lord, my prayer is today, God, that for those who may be needing You in their life, for a miracle, for just intervening in a situation in their life that they would have real faith. Not just trust that something is going to occur and things are going to work out, but a faith and a confidence in the one who makes it that way. And that's you. Lord, help us to build our faith. Lord, that our faith would be truly what you're looking for. Lord, I pray, God, that you meet those needs today. And maybe even right now, there may be some who need to slide out of their pew and just come kneel at this altar and say, God... Here I am. Lord, I'm laying it on the altar with real faith. Not just trust that you're going to do it, but Lord, my whole belief system is in you. Lord, may you be glorified, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.